Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Here on a wonderful Friday morning, a little rainy outside in Queen City, Texas. Uh, glad you've joined us today for the study of the Word of God. We're in the book of Galatians, that wonderful letter to the churches of Galatia. And to me and you is who that letter is to. And I praise God that we're studying this particular book right now as it is very prevalent to what's going on in the church in our day and time right now. Before I get any further, I want to say that we have a book that we would like to make sure you get for a donation of $15. All God's works are done in truth. People are ordering one of these. They're ordering some of our uh, CD set series. I hadn't got any of those to advertise, but this book is written derived from Psalms 33 and 4 that says, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. And we know that a, a man named Jesus is our truth and what he did at Calvary is the only thing that makes him that truth. This little 62-page booklet will bless your heart, bring much clarity to your heart from the scriptures and remove an, a boatload of confusion that you've had. And I pray that you'd get your copy today. To do that, you can send your check or money order to that address, 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572, or our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. You can donate there uh, at any time, and we praise God for those of you who do support the ministry here and do uh, order the few product that we do make available. Don't forget about my YouTube page, Curtis Hutchinson 316, as many messages are being uploaded there, lots of messages that are not even being preached in the pulpit in our church, messages I'm recording on the side in my office once a week are being uploaded there, so I pray that you avail yourself to that, and I know you will if you're hungry for the word of the Lord and desiring to learn the truth. Well, let me say Merry Christmas, and God bless you all. It's been a great year. It's going to be a greater year in 2018. You know, the time of Christmas is, is really the season that we recognize that God sent his son, that, you know, many times before Jesus showed up inside the, the womb as, as a, a baby in the Virgin Mary. He, he, he had showed up many times in the Old Covenant. He's the one that stood with Abraham. He's the one that uh, closed the mouths of the lions. He's the one that showed up in the fire with the three Hebrew boys. Many appearances of Christ, and I don't know if you know this, but many appearances of the pre-incarnate Christ before he became the seed of the woman to redeem us from our sins. And uh, the, the very virgin birth of Jesus, uh, you know why he had to be born of a virgin, so that he could uh, be born without a father, without a sin nature in him. And that very birth of Jesus is symbolic of the way we would be born again. And the reason he had to be born without a sin nature is so he could become our sinless offering our sinless without spot without blemish sin bearing our sin bearing offering and he couldn't have done that had joseph been his father so he had to be born of a virgin and it also as i just said is symbolic of the way we would be born again the bible says in john 1 and 12 as many as received him they that believe on his name he gave them the power to become the children of god and and the bible says there let me turn over there i got it here marked i wanted to read it this morning uh john 1 and 
12 and 13, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this Christmas season, I pray more than ever before that you would celebrate more than for what's under the Christmas tree in your house, but for the one who gave his life on the tree on Calvary's hill, for that is the best gift you could possibly have. That is the gift worth sharing every day of our lives. It's the best gift I've ever received. It is the best gift that I will ever receive, the gift of eternal life, God saving my soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about that every day that I live. Well, we're in the letter to the Galatians, and this was a letter written to the churches in Galatia. And I believe also to us, it remains to be the Word of God today. Not just uh, Paul giving his thoughts on the matter, but God speaking and writing down on paper uh, what he was saying through this man to the churches in Galatia and to all the church uh, in the world. So this letter is very prevalent to us, and as we've said in, in past teachings, that this is the very letter that Martin Luther used to combat the forces, the dark forces of the Roman Catholic Church. And this was uh, a powerful, letter that the church today mostly does not even understand what it's about. They do not understand what it means to be under law as a Christian, that you can go back and, and be moved from under grace and back under law. A lot of Christians don't even believe you can, and most don't even give it a second thought, and I pray that this teaching will help you. I know God is attempting to help us as we study the Word of God. And so we will begin this morning in Galatians 1 and 9. <clears throat> this is where we left off last week, and we, let's back up and read verse 8. I always like to uh, uh, get cranked up, back up a little bit, and hit that last mud hole before we jump in the next one. But though we are an angel from heaven, Galatians 1.8, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. A quick mention this morning by this scripture and verse 9. Let's go ahead and read verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now this is very powerful because God the Holy Spirit is saying through the Apostle Paul that everything every man, woman, and child will ever need, I've already given you, Paul, to give them. It can't be added to. Oh, we need to stop right there and just realize how true that is. You cannot add to what God gave Paul. You can allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate you in what God gave Paul, and you can study the Scriptures in the light of truth so that you can grow in your knowledge of what God gave Paul. But God told Paul to tell you and me that if we or anybody else comes along preaching anything other than what I've already preached to you, then you ought to let them be what they are, accursed. They're in a place where they're rejecting the only way of God, and the Bible teaches that when we reject the only way of God, that the wrath of God rests upon us. 
And there's only one of two places you can be. You can be in a place where the wrath of God, which means God's opposition to you, is against you, is upon you, or where the power of Christ rests upon you. And that means you're walking in a place where your faith remains in Christ and what he did at Calvary for you, no matter what situation, circumstance you're in. And that means now God's grace is there. You're, you're under grace, and grace is God at work doing what needs to be done according to his will in your life that you cannot do. Somebody said, Amen. That's one of two places you can be. When you were born again, it's because you placed simple faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. You heard the gospel, and the power of the gospel caused you to accept it as your saving truth. Jesus took your sins on the cross, bare them for you, and offered you his righteousness. Amen. The power of God is found only in the gospel. And so the, what I'm trying to say here on, initially in this teaching today is anybody that's adding to what Paul has brought, they're accursed. They are accursed because God didn't need any help. Jesus by himself atoned for our sins, Hebrews chapter 1. And I hope you understand this. These people, these preachers that are saying there's further revelation, even outside the Word of God, further than what Paul had, they are accursed. I don't care how good they make it sound, they are accursed. God only works in the truth. The truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Outside of that, God can't work in my life. And I don't care who comes along and says he can. Outside of my faith in that, it's the wrath of God that rests upon me, not the grace of God, not the power of Christ. And I've got a Bible. We can sit down at a table if you'd like to discuss it sometime. But you know what? Folk don't want to do that anymore. They just want to, because they know that we're just standing on the Word. And they don't want to stand on the Word. They want to stand on their own thoughts and their own mindsets. But he says this again in verse 9. Very important. It's got to be repeated. God said, write it again. I want you to tell them twice. And God is telling us, reminding us, 19 or so hundred years ago, God gave us everything we need to know how to get saved, to know how to live saved, to bear holy fruit, to follow Christ, all through the revelation that God gave Paul of the cross. And all the other scriptures tie together with it, no contradictions at all in the scripture. When someone comes uh, forth and says, well, I found a contradiction in the word, no, what you really found is a lack of understanding on your part. If you'll keep seeking God, crying out to God, he will tie those scriptures together in his wisdom for you. I've never met a person who said there's a contradiction in the word of God that wasn't trying to prove God wrong. Well, let me tell you something today. You can't prove him wrong. He's never been wrong. He can't be wrong. The only thing that's wrong is you and me. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Praise God. So, you know, the, 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 the precedence here, the importance here of why this is repeated twice, my friend, is because there is such a great value of the soul. Yes. Yes. 
And the soul's requirement is to find the righteousness of God, to be saved through the righteousness of God, which is what Christ did at Calvary, the righteousness of God. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, is given unto and upon all those that believe through what he did at Calvary. Not just believe anything, but believe in that he that knew no sin became our sin-bearing offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. You need to understand that's the only avenue of God's righteousness to be saved. It's the only avenue of God's righteousness to be led according to that way. And, and the soul, the psalmist wrote this in Psalm 23. He restores my soul. He he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. The only place God leads is in this same avenue by which he saved you. The soul, think about this, my friend, the soul is so valuable to God. He created it in his own image. And it became a lost soul. A condemned soul. And God, because I, the soul of man is so valuable to him, he had to come from heaven to redeem the souls of men. He had to become a man in this poverty-stricken place called the earth. He born in a stable, uh, born in a barn, laid in a manger. You know, a manger's like a cow trough. He, he didn't have the riches of this world. I don't care what false prophets teach. He, I don't care if they do bring up and, and falsely teach that the, 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 that the wise men brought gifts. They did bring gifts, but it wasn't gold and, and money and riches and all this. It was The Bible tells what they were. And I know what they, they turn all that because they're preachers of greed. But Jesus gave up all that he had to come and be obedient to his father, to glorify his father. And God did that. Can I tell you this morning, just reminding you that sin is such an awful thing. <clears throat> And the only remedy for it is the cross of Christ. But it's such an awful thing, no one will ever see the awfulness of sin outside of God. I mean the fullness of its awfulness outside of God. Sin is so awful and redemption was so important to God of our soul. And you need to hear this this morning. That God would get to the point where it would literally please him to bruise and wound his own son for our sins and our iniquities. That's how horrible sin was. That's how important you and I are to God. Not our what we can do, not what we think, not how we dress and how we live, but our soul. Our soul created in God's image is so important to God. There's not, Jesus said, what, you know, who can purchase a soul? I mean, there's no one that, all the money in the world can't buy one soul, but the, it took the blood of Jesus. And I'm saying all that to remind us the importance of the gospel. The only way of purchase for a soul, the only avenue by which a soul is purchased. Uh, Jesus did die for all men, but all will not be saved. There's, that's a false teaching out there that, that everybody's going to be saved, even the devil one day, because God is such a God of That's not what Jesus taught, but all that will come to him and believe on his name, that means who he is and what he did at Calvary, will be saved. 
You can be saved today if you're lost. You can be delivered today from the bondages in your life. And the reason that, let me say it again, the reason I'm expounding on the importance of a soul this morning is the same reason God was expounding on the importance of never looking away from the cross, never looking away from the gospel, because the same gospel that saved your soul is the only gospel and the only way God uses that alone to restore our soul down. Daily. Our souls need to be restored and restored, renewed every day. Hallelujah. Renewed daily. Amen. Daily denying ourselves, taking up our cross daily, following Christ daily. It's not a one time and that covered it. No, it's a daily. I'm talking about following Christ and we can't even follow him unless we allow him to lead us in the path of righteousness that is only revealed in the gospel that Paul preached, Romans 1, 16 and 17. The righteousness of God is revealed only through the gospel. As we go from faith to faith, I hope you're getting the importance of why God had to say this. And you've got to run from those that say, yes, the cross, but also take the, but also throw it out and run from those people. Run from them. They are accursed. That's not being mean and ugly. They may be nice people, hospitable people, but God deemed it necessary to tell these churches, you better be careful. And if you, you better not accept even if an angel appears to you. And that's exactly how the whole Mormon uh, denomination got started. All those people are dying and going to hell. All those people are dying and going to hell because they threw out the gospel of Jesus Christ and they've accepted something that a man, Joseph Smith, said that an angel named Moroni gave him. If Joseph Smith would have stuck with the Bible, he wouldn't accepted a false message from an angel. He would have said, no, I'm not listening to you. I've already got the word of God that tells me I've already got everything I need. I don't need a new revelation outside of this gospel. Praise God. Do you see the importance of God having to tell them twice they are accursed if they preach anything else? They may pay your electric bill. They may buy your food when you're hungry. But God says they're accursed. Accursed. That's a dangerous place to be. And let me remind you again that accursed is just being in that place that God won't work in your life. And he only works in your life. I don't care how much we want to think he's working. He's not working except in the truth. And my Bible tells me that in Psalms 33 and 4 and Romans 8 and 2. There is a law by which the Spirit works by. And if we just grasp a hold of that, we'd do the world better off. We think we're helping the world by not, by not we, and we actually think we're helping the church and the world by not quite preaching the narrowness of the gospel the way we should. We're really in the deepest part of our heart afraid we might lose somebody giving some big money or we're afraid we might not have this or we might not have that. We need to just preach the narrowness of the power of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a narrow way. The Lord already knows everybody's not going to be willing to follow him the only way he can be followed. They're not going to be they're not going to accept 
that there's only one place in God works, and that's in his grace, and that's only found in the truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we see here, uh, let's roll right into verse 10 this morning. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Another powerful statement for those who are more than just avid page turners in the Bible. You know, we're really not told to read the Bible. It's okay to read the Bible. But you're really told by God, given this commandment by God, to study the Word. We read the newspaper. Some folks do. I don't have time for the newspaper. Uh, But we read certain things. I'm not studying those things. We're to study the Word. That means be a student of. That means learn, grab a hold of something. And, you know, if we're in God's Word, we need to be looking for our lives to be led according to the Word by the Spirit of God. Amen. So... Uh, Now, I want to say a few things about this one verse in verse 10. What Paul is really revealing here is that you you can't serve God. You can't be a servant of Christ if you're trying to please men. If you're a preacher, if you are a preacher, and you're more concerned about what the people think than what God thinks, and we have what God thinks right here. We're reading what God thinks right here. If you're more concerned about what people think, then you are being held captive under the fear of man. And you cannot serve Christ, even though you may give an appearance of serving Christ. You may give an appearance of serving God, but you cannot do both. That's why I'd be willing to say that at least 80, 90% of all preachers today are hirelings. They're hirelings. I'm not being ugly. But they were voted in by people who brought them on board, questioned them. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to do that? Or are you going to meet our criteria? And, 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 and preaching the gospel is probably not even on most of the list. It's just this, 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 and these fo- list of 40 things. And I don't want to get too deep in this this morning. But my, my point I'm trying to make is you can't worry about what the people think. You've got to preach what God thinks, which is what God said. You can't serve people and serve God at the same time. Unless you're serving God, then you will be serving the people. But if you're serving the people, you can't serve God. If you're serving God, the people will be served. But if you're serving the people, God can't be served. Do you see the order there? If it's out of order, and it can be and mostly is out of order, it won't work. It has to be serving God then serving the people flows. Serving the people puts a block and a brick wall on my serving God. It can't happen. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures where it's written, and I pray the Holy Spirit birth a brand new, a deeper hunger in your heart today for the truth so that you can be changed, so that you can walk away from the things that have held you captive. And, and, and let me, before I get into that, let me, let me say something. I, I, we were riding down the road yesterday, and this is in my heart so strong. And I asked my wife just in conversation, we were going somewhere yesterday evening, and I, I said, 
why is it that some people are delivered? I'm talking about people who have their faith in the cross. We find ourselves being delivered from this and this and that and that. And, but this thing, we, we, we don't find ourselves being delivered from it. You know, the questions come in, well, is God uh, keeping it from us is it so that we can grow in faith? And, and all these questions begin to come in from all these different directions. And, you know, the, the truth is that God's not withholding any good thing right. from those that walk uprightly before him. And my wife, <laughs> praise God, on our anniversary yesterday of 26 years, we were on our way somewhere last night talking about these things, and she said this to me. She said, it's because we hold tighter to some things than we hold to the cross. Our, our hold, our cling to some things is tighter than our cling to the cross. And it's so true. Your faith can be in the cross, but the que if, here's the statement I'll make to challenge you. If you can trust God more tomorrow, can you trust God more tomorrow than you are today? Yes, you can. You can grow. You read in Hebrews chapter 5 that there were Christians there that should have been mature now who were still babies because they weren't being skillful in the word of righteousness by allowing it to exercise their senses, by allowing them to let the word of righteousness through their faith in Christ and what he did to give them, make them servants of righteousness. They weren't allowing that. They were saved. But they weren't allowing their senses, their, they weren't yielding their members to the Word of God. That means that you and I can trust God with more tomorrow than we are today. Although our faith is in the cross. Yeah. Amen. Well, since that's true, that means that we're holding on to some things even though we don't know it. You can, and I said this uh, a couple weeks ago when I was preaching, we can be asking God to take this while we're holding on to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, take this thing from me. We just want some mystical, magical poof, wake up and it's over. But it will take a denial of self, faith in the cross, and a following Jesus, and it will follow. The cross of Jesus Christ was God offering us salvation, victory, deliverance. He's already given us everything we need. It's the learning to walk in this, the learning to bring every thought captive to his obedience unto death. It's the, it's the learning to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold and experience this everlasting life. It's the growing and maturity, but it's not God withholding anything from us. It's us, even unawaredly, unadmittingly, holding on to something that we're asking God to take. I know somebody's hearing this today. I know this is helping somebody. We do cling to some things tighter than we're clinging to Calvary. And so there you have it, my friend. And what we're talking about here is yielding 
our members, the, our, everything in our lives, our senses, Hebrews 5 talks about, to the word of righteousness, becoming skillful, no longer needing milk, but now as babes, but going on into maturity, trusting God with this and that in our lives through faith in the, what God did to make us righteous in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21, and to now allow him to lead us in that same path of righteousness where we are found as servants of righteousness. Something very profound you need to know. We're talking about serving Christ or serving men. The way we serve Christ is, it, but the way we serve God is by serving Christ. And the way we serve Christ is by serving righteousness. And you became a servant of righteousness the moment you believed the gospel. Romans 16, 17, Romans 6, 6, 17 and 18 tell us that. That you were free from sin when you believed, obeyed that form of doctrine, and you became, you were made a servant of righteousness. Let's, let's think about that for a second. What was it you did? What was it that happened in your life that God said you are now a servant of righteousness? Now, you are serving God now. You believed the power of the gospel that saved your soul. You believed the message of the cross. You became a servant of righteousness. And the way we serve righteousness is by yielding our members to serve righteousness. That means we don't move our faith from the cross. That means we won't take something man brings along and add to it and call ourselves sounding so spiritual. Well, you just got to learn to chew up the good and spit out the bones. No, that's not what God says. God says turn from them, avoid them if they preach any other thing than what Paul has already preached. We don't need, listen, God doesn't need our help in any part of our salvation. He provided everything, and we're simply to believe that. Paul here is describing the gospel that he preaches is the authenticity of his ministry as a servant of Christ. Watch this. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. And again, you can't have it both ways. There is a radical difference between serving Christ and pleasing men. And I'm going to say it one more time because it's so powerful, especially to the ministers who are watching this broadcast today. If you're serving God and you cannot without your faith being in the cross alone because you're not under grace and God can't work in your life if your faith is not in the cross alone. Then you're under grace. Then the benefits and the effect of Christ can be on your life. And then you can serve the people, God serving them through you. But if we go the other way around and we're trying to please men and serve men, we cannot serve God. That needs to be said. I said it three times, and I know that's going to help someone today. There is a radical difference between 
serving Christ and pleasing men. Paul also wrote to the Roman church in chapter 6 that unless our faith is in the cross, we aren't serving God. You desperately need to be in a cross-preaching church where these things are being taught. You're not being taught these things just in some typical church out there. You're Listen, you're just being taught that if you go do all these things, you're serving God and He's pleased. And you need to understand today, God's not pleased with anything outside of faith and that being the faith that saved you. He's not pleased with anything outside of faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. I hope we know how, how specific that is. He cannot be pleased at all in dealing with men outside of faith. And if God's not pleased, that means God's not involved the only, only involvement God has with the lost world is trying to get them to see a Savior that can save them from their sins. The only involvement God has in a backslidden Christian's life is an attempt to remind them that they have been purged from their old sins and this is the only way of victory for their lives. Any other message is a, is a blockage of the way God works. And, and we're not serving God just because we're out there doing good deeds that are written for us to do in the Bible. See, that's very, that's very alarming to most of the church. Well, bless God, the Bible says I should do that, and I did that today. But is your faith in the cross alone? If it is, the Holy Spirit was leading you to do that and empowering you to do that. But without faith in the cross, that's just you doing that good deed, working for God to move in your life. And we don't work with God. We're co-laborers with God. Amen. Jesus said you can't do anything without me. Serving Christ eliminates us from men-pleasing. And that only happens through the cross. Jesus hanging on the cross. They said, well, if you are the Son of God, bring yourself down. Show us what you can do. Listen, he didn't come to please men. He came to please his Father. He lived by faith and grace. That pleased his Father. The only time in the New Testament you'll hear God's voice thundering from heaven is when Jesus was signifying through something that was happening there in his life what it would happen later at Calvary. In the baptismal, John, him baptizing Jesus in the river Jordan. Listen, God spoke from heaven. This is my uh, beloved son my, 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 in whom I'm well pleased. What did water baptism symbolize? That Jesus would be the sacrificial lamb for the sins of humanity. Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration with three of his disciples. And, and, uh, or, and, and two, who was it, Elijah and, 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 and was it Moses that showed up? And, and, and they talked about, the Bible says, his death. Wasn't it Elijah and Moses showed up? And they talked about his death, the Bible says. And a voice spoke from heaven. This is my son, hear him. The focus from heaven is on Jesus becoming the Lamb of God. The song in heaven today is worthy is the Lamb that was slain, not that walked on water, not that healed the sick. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain and took away the sins of the world through his blood. Hallelujah. He is worthy to take the scroll. The focus is the Lamb, my friend. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're coming back. I hope if you're hearing this and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you that you will continue to let Him deal with you. Amen. Amen. Paul also wrote 
to this same Roman church the following, which also confirms what we are seeing here in God's Word about serving Christ, and that's Romans, we'll see, chapter 14, 17, and 18. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It means it's not what you're doing. It's not what you're eating and drinking. Did you see that, Catholic people? It's not the taking of a wafer. It's not the drinking of some wine or juice. That, listen, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those things are only afforded us through Calvary. And once we're born again, they're only experienced by us through our faith in Calvary. Today, not, you don't experience those things just because you were born again. So many Christians today are in bondages, trapped in snares, being attacked and defeated daily. Crying out to God, I need help. I, I don't like it like this. Deliver me. Your answer is the cross, my friend. Jesus didn't die on the cross just to get you to heaven 50 years from now. He died on the cross so that you could be set apart an example, symbolic of that victory, living your life in victory. And if you'll fight the good fight of faith, you might not experience everything you want to today, but it will come. I speak from experience. Listen, God's delivered me from so much, and he's still delivering me from me. Amen. Nobody's perfect. That means we've all got issues. Watch this, verse 18. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Powerful, isn't it? Romans chapter 14, 17 and 18. Let me read it again because we see here how we serve Christ and how that ser this, this avenue of serving Christ is acceptable to God. And it's only, it only happens through our faith in the cross. Everything, anything else is what we make up. Well, God's pleased with what I'm doing, and God's pleased that at least I'm going to church. And so many people think that God's pleased with them because at least they're doing something. At least I'm reading a chapter. At least I'm praying. At least I'm in church. And praise God for uh, being in the Word, being in prayer, and going to church. But listen, God's not pleased until we come back to Calvary. Then God is pleased, and through God being pleased, we're going to find the fruit. We're going to find the experience right here in Romans 14 and 17. Let's read it again. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things, in these things, in these things, he didn't list a whole bunch of other things. These things are things that we experience today if we keep our faith in the cross. The kingdom of God is not mystical and magical. It does not just work in our lives anyway just because we're saved. If that were the case, the book of Galatians, the letter to the churches, were a waste of God's time. But this was a church who was already off track. More were headed off track. And it was God's merciful, loving uh, 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 attempt, his reach for them to make sure they came back to the place where Christ could affect them and profit them. For he could not in the direction they were going. Things don't just work out anyway.
They don't just work out anyway. And you need to know that today. If, that, if they did, this letter to the Galatian church, we don't need it. But we do need it. So watch this. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Why is it in these things? It's because in these things, these things we serve Christ in these things. By serving righteousness. And again, how did we become a servant of righteousness? Through our faith in the cross. So therefore, we keep our what? Our faith in the cross. We don't allow any of the purpose-driven this, purpose-driven that. The liars that are out there saying, you're the prophet of your own life. You must speak the words in your life into existence, into your future. And all that false garbage, the road to Emmaus, the, the soaking in the prayer rooms, and the, 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 the encounter meeting. God don't need help. He did it all at Calvary. Hallelujah. If you'll keep your faith there, you will be saved and made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You will be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness. You will be able to continue to serve righteousness as you yield your members to serve righteousness because surely as you get saved and become a servant of righteousness, you're serving Christ the moment you get saved. And you're acceptable to God because you are at that twinkling of an eye moment. You are now not only been given righteousness, but righteousness is placed upon you, Romans 3 and 23. And you now are a servant of righteousness. So it's through that avenue alone that we serve righteousness, that we serve peace. Our peace was made by the blood of his cross, Colossians 1.20. And what does uh, Hebrews 12 and 2 say? That for the joy of that was set before him, he endured the cross, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he that in these things, he that keeps his faith in Calvary alone, will be serving Christ and will be acceptable to God. The Galatian church was moving. They had moved. They had so quickly removed themselves that the Holy Spirit said through Paul, I marvel that you have so soon removed yourself from serving Christ, the one who called you into this grace where Christ can benefit you and profit you, but you've removed yourself. And they didn't even know it. Like people who hear us preach, they, they really won't accept that. Well, I'm doing this and I'm doing It's not about your doing. It's about how you're doing. It's not about what you're doing. It's about how you're doing. If the only way we can do anything through Christ is by the Spirit, and the Spirit only works when our faith is in the cross alone. Amen. Amen. Folk don't like it, but they got to get mad before God's able. That's conviction. When you're mad, that's conviction. You're not mad at me. You're mad at God. Admit it. God's showing you his word because he's trying to get you back to that place where you can serve Christ and be acceptable to him. It's only as we serve righteousness, peace, and joy because Christ is our righteousness, our king of righteousness, our king of peace, and he is our joy. It is his joy. The joy of the Lord, hallelujah, is my joy, is my strength. 
It's only as we serve Christ in these things, only through our faith in the cross that we are acceptable to God. And God is, he's only, listen, we're only, and everybody, I know Christians are watching right now and say, I've already been accepted by God. Then we don't need the letter to the Galatian churches. If you think just because you've been born again and accepted by God that you can't get off track, you can. You can get so far off track. Some of you are not going to like this, but you don't really know the truth or you wouldn't get mad. You can even get so far away from God that your faith can become shipwrecked. You can lose your soul. I know grandma lied to you and you just took her word for it and there's many, many preachers out there telling you you can't lose your salvation, but the Bible is very clear in many places in the New Testament, plainly written, that you can forfeit, you can walk away and just lose that salvation. But it won't be like you lost it, I misplaced No, it'll be like you get rid of it. I don't need that anymore. I don't need Christ anymore. Mm -hmm. Amen. I know somebody's getting something out of this today. I know God's blessing somebody out of this today. Convicting our hearts to let us know, not just anything, whatever we're doing. No, it's how are we doing what we're doing. Many people are doing lots of things that have an appearance of serving God that's nothing more than pleasing men. And you can't do both. You can't please men and serve Christ at the same time. Because, and that's why folks, a lot of folk, you know, well, Brother Curtis is just a hard preacher. Somebody told me a couple days ago, well, you preached that message and you just really didn't get up there and you just didn't hammer on us. Listen, how about John writing in, in, in some of his uh, writings that, listen, man, if, if you say you walk in the light and, you, and, you, and you're really walking in darkness, you're a liar and the truth ain't in you. And if you say you have no sin, the truth ain't in you, you're a liar and all these things. And then they want to call me hard. You know, when people call me hard, it's, it's, it's those same people, they just skip over things like that in the Bible. They're just readers. They're not students. Jesus called them vipers. I mean, we need to get back. We're not here to be ugly. We're here to show you the importance of a soul, the importance of the gospel. And if you're already born again, then the importance of that same gospel, because through the power of that gospel, the message of the cross, can you serve God? You can't serve God outside your faith in the cross, because faith in the cross is the only thing that makes you a servant of righteousness. That's the only thing God has given us that we can yield to to continue to serve Serve righteousness, peace, and joy. Somebody come on this morning. You're hearing the truth, and you've got to hear the truth if you're going to move forward. And some of you are going to have to come out of where you are because you know you're not hearing the Bible taught properly. You're hearing the Bible read to you. You're hearing little stories, but you're not hearing the Word of God in truth. That means in the context of the man, Jesus Christ, and what he did to become your today applicable, liberating truth. Hallelujah. That will bless your marriage, bless your children. You will find the power of the Holy Spirit to love your wife as Christ loved the church, to submit to your husband, husband, listen, and to submit to each other, men and women, husbands and wives, and to raise your children in the admonition of the Lord. Without your faith in the cross, you're not going to do that. You're going to stay stuck in that same old rut that your great-grandparents, your grandparents, and your parents, and now you are still in nothing different. Mom and, you know, granddaddy didn't go to church on Wednesday night, and, and you know, mom and dad didn't do this, and, did, and you're stuck in that same rut. You're no different than your granddaddy was 
was as a boy. Same bondages in your life that was in his life. I'm telling you, you can come out of all that, but you got to get up and get out. And that's what true faith will do. It'll get you up and it'll get you out. You've got to move away from those who are just reading the Bible. They're not presenting. Listen to this. I'll say it all the time. It's very important. And we're talking about the importance of the gospel. That's what we're talking about today. Twice, Paul said, if anybody comes and preaches any other thing than I've already preached, let them be accursed. And many people are out there today in churches and they're giving tithes and offerings because they like the music. The preacher hugs their neck. Their relatives go there, all this and that. Listen, the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 17, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That means if the minister is preaching the truth, righteousness is being portrayed, and if truth is accepted, that means the gospel, then that means then we can continue to serve Christ. Or we can get saved and begin to serve Christ because you can't serve him outside of serving righteousness, peace, and joy. And you can't do that outside of faith in the cross. So some of you watching the broadcast, you love the teaching, but when it comes to this part, you know the Lord's convicting you, but you, you instantly start thinking about people in your life who just wouldn't really like it if you went home and said, I think we need to leave where we are. Can I tell you to put away those thoughts? Tell them why? Show them in the Word? And then make that move. Jesus said, if you put anybody before me, you cannot be my disciple. Those who watch this broadcast, after a season, if you're not willing to let God do what God wants to do, you will eventually quit watching this broadcast because what's happening is you're really admitting you really can't be a learner of Christ, a follower of Christ. Not, not just because, you, listen, it's because you won't follow him. Christ is not going to lead you to a place that's not being the truth. The Word of God is truth, my friends, but is it being ministered in truth? If it is, it's revealing righteousness. The path is there. That means always continual pointing to Calvary. Every service. I, did I say every service? If I didn't, let me say it again. Every service. We point to Christ and what he did at Calvary. You mean it's that radical? I mean it's that radical. It's not. You, 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 you get heady and high-minded thinking that you won't remove yourself from him. I've already done it in years past. The Galatian churches have did it. You and I today can do it if we don't continually bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Praise God. Eventually, you'll just quit watching this because you're admitting I don't need that anymore. If Abraham wouldn't have got up and got out eventually, he wouldn't have been the one called our father of faith. You've got to get up. You've got to move on. You've got to be planted somewhere where the preacher is preaching the word of God in truth for there the righteousness and the peace and the joy of the Lord is revealed and you can have an opportunity now to learn how to live for God, to be acceptable as a Christian. You were accepted into the beloved through your faith in the cross. But is the life you're living now acceptable to God.
That only happens as we serve Christ in these things, righteousness, peace, and joy, which means we keep our faith in, what, in the cross, the only thing that makes those things an opportunity for us to serve. That's it. Nothing else will. Everything else is man-made up, and it's outside the gospel God gave Paul to preach. Amen. Some people listening to this broadcast for a while now, you're going to have to find the power of God, and you will through faith in the cross, to give up ministries that have been there for many, many years, but you're holding dear to relationships. Oh, you just can't imagine losing them. You need to let the mind of Christ operate in your life, my friend. Jesus' ministry was more important to him than his mother and his brothers. Oh, yes, he loved them, but what he had to do, he realized, would help them more than just submitting to their thoughts and what, what they thought about everything. And this, it's the same way with us as ministers. Are you, even if you're not a preacher or an evangelist or whatever, listen, it's you choosing to follow Christ. That will bless your family even if they don't quite understand it now. It's the best thing God's going to do through you for your family is you serving Christ. Amen. Faith in the cross is the only avenue into these kingdom benefits and experience of. For it was his cross that provided our righteousness, our peace, and our joy, which is our strength. Praise God. This has been good today. I've still got about eight minutes, and I'm just letting you have a pausing moment here because you need to think about these things. You need to think about these things. It's where I'm at. Listen, let me give you a little experience background on my wife and I. We were in a church in New Boston, the only denomination we'd ever been in all our lives. We didn't see anything wrong with it, really. We didn't. And, uh, but we wondered why certain words were being skipped over in the New Testament, such as tongues and those things, just skipped over, wouldn't even be talked about. Didn't get angry about it. Didn't even, I recognized it, but I didn't even question it. But I did recognize it. God was letting me see that. He was Showing that to me. And then when we moved 50 miles away from where we lived over here in DeCass County uh, 22 years ago, we, 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 not knowing any difference because that denomination is all we'd ever known and people are trapped in that. And I understand God brought me out of that so I could attempt to minister to you about this. And uh, we came over here, so we went to this church that was that denomination, and th they just didn't have, they wasn't on fire. They didn't, they didn't have what I wanted. I wanted fire. I wanted to learn the word. And, 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 and so we went to another church, that same denomination, because I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything. And same thing happened in the third, and the same thing happened. And finally, we went to a church, and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to even talk about that church for God truly didn't send us there but uh, uh, we learned some things there about ministerial things but we didn't learn about the gospel there we didn't learn about the gospel there we weren't learning what we needed to learn there you can be trapped in a place and not even realize it to the point where you load up and you move your family to another town that you're only looking for a certain name on a sign what you need to be looking for is somebody preaching the truth a cross preacher they're called in these last days. Amen. Yeah. Are you getting that? Yeah. God's got more for you. He's got more for you. He don't want you just to be a part of a social gathering. He wants you to be a part of a thriving church. And you can't thrive except by His Spirit that only works in truth. 
I know a lot of preachers don't like they don't like to hear it, don't like to don't like to, don't like to hear me saying it because they turn it and twist it and they try to make it like I'm saying God only works at Crossway Church. Can I tell you, God'll work out behind your barn if it's the gospel your faith is in. God'll work in Germany. He, God will work out by in a mud puddle if that's where you are, if you will accept the gospel as the saving truth, the message of the cross. God will work anywhere on this big ball of dirt we live on if we will just believe the truth but he won't work outside of that he won't work outside of that except in somebody else's life trying to get you the truth amen kind of quiet up in here this morning i know it's the christmas holidays and a lot of folks are out of town and and uh, you know you can tell during the christmas holidays people kind of tone down and move away and start spending money on other things and their attendance and all these things but let me tell you something god never takes a break God never gets tired. God doesn't slow down doing what he's doing through the holiday season. He says it should be more intense through the Christmas season because that's the season you claim, Curtis. It's all about me. You're celebrating my coming. Mm. And God wants to perform a miracle in your life. And you know what that miracle is? It's the miracle of salvation. If you're lost and undone, you don't know God, you really have no right to celebrate Christmas until you're born again. Outside of being a born-again child of God, and that only happens through faith in the cross and what Christ did for your sins there, Christmas is not a celebration for you except through the things you buy in the store and give to people. But for us as Christians, Christmas means God became a man born of a virgin, to go to the cross to die for our sins. You can be born again today. If you're lost, you don't have to go work for it. You don't have to try to be good enough. You never have enough money. You'll never do anything good enough to get saved. Jesus provided that for you at Calvary. You can be born again today. You can be saved and know that you know that you're going to heaven and enter into this Christmas season with the best gift a man, woman, child could ever have. It's the gift of eternal and abundant life that comes through Christ. If you're a child of God already, you've already been saved. Today is a day where you could step back in to the experience, the laying hold of that eternal life that you have. There were, where it becomes more than a church service, more than some group of people you gather with, but it becomes the reality of you serving Christ once again and not just serving men. Not just doing things, but serving Christ in these things, righteousness, peace, and joy. Becoming a child of God. Becoming a child of God. Growing and maturing and serving Christ. Acceptable to God. And let me, as I close, make this last statement. I've already made it. You're acceptable to God through Christ and your faith in what he did at Calvary. And that's why he accepted you into the family of God and you became a part of the body of Christ. But the question today is, the question years ago to the Galatian church is, why have you moved from the place where God is pleased? Have you moved from that place? You know you have if the message of the cross really isn't that important to you. If you're, if you're going to a church where that's not the focus, that's not the emphasis, that's, that's not what's being taught and preached and focused on, then they have moved away. Oh, yes, they will say they believe in the cross. Oh, yes, they will say that's what their faith is in. 
for salvation, but what about the life we live now that we are saved? God expects that to be acceptable to Him, and it only is as we serve Christ in righteousness, peace, and joy. That means our faith remains in the cross. Praise God. I hope and pray that you would not be ashamed of the gospel, but that you would hit that share button on your Facebook uh, social media page there. You would share this gospel with many. Listen, the opposite is true of what our natural man thinks. Well, I can't share that. Man, my family might disown me. No, that's the best thing for your family to hear the truth. They're going to have to be mad before they get saved. They're going to have to be a Saul before they can be a Paul. They're going to have to realize they're lost before they can be saved. Even if they're saved, they're going to have to be told and come to the realization that I've been off track before God's able to get them back on track. They won't come back to the truth, the way of the cross, the way of righteousness, until they realize what they're in is not working. Hit the share button. We're praying for you. We're believing God for you you I pray that you'd have a Merry Christmas and the realization of Christmas and what it really means would be in your heart greater than it's ever been Jesus Christ is Lord God bless you we love you see you next week